before we get going today, let me ask you a question. How much do you pay for your daily cup of coffee or lunch or, or whatever these small rituals are that you have? And how much value do you get from them? The reason I ask you is because if you feel you get some value from our show, Adventure Rider Radio, then we would love it if you consider supporting the show by dropping by our website and clicking on the support button. Elizabeth and I produce this show on a model of some advertising and then the rest, listener support. And we think it's a great model because we produce it, we put it out there for free, and if you like it and you want it to keep going, then you support it in a way that you feel reflects the value you receive from the show or that you can afford. And by the way, don't sit back and think that, well, everybody else will do it, so I'm, I won't bother. The fact is, tens of thousands of people download this show and only a very small percentage actually donate. And I mean, we are so grateful for the donations we've had. There's some people that support regularly and they're the real backbone for our listener support. And and anyone who's who's supported, I mean, it's it's been a huge thing for us. But actually, it's only around 0.2% of listeners that actually donate. So it sort of puts it in perspective. You know, you might think that everybody's out there doing it, but it's not really the case. So imagine what we could do if we could get 20% of, of listeners to make monthly donations. Wow. There is so much more we could do with this show. See, this style of supporting what you like is great. It, it's, it ensures that something you enjoy will grow and prosper and continue to bring value to your life. So bottom line, if you like what we're doing and you receive value from the show, Drop by our website, www.adventureriderradio.com, and click on the support button. We've got a bunch of options and incentives for those who support the show. We even signed up with Patreon um, because we had people mention it to us and say you should you should sign up for it. And that allows you to give monthly donations, which is fantastic. And that's really the best thing. If we can get uh, listeners donating monthly, that means that we have a steady income from it and that it enables us to do different things with the show. We've had, as I said, some great support from listeners, and Elizabeth and I are truly grateful for those who have supported already. And now, enough said. Let's move on with the show. Shall we begin? Shall we begin? Are paper maps dead? And why should you buy a GPS when your phone already has one? And is a dedicated GPS better than an app? All good questions we're asking on today's episode. This is Adventure Rider Radio. I'm Jim Martin. Stay with us. we got a good one for you. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system and will inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio. Made in the USA and comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as the MCM top pick in their recent compressor comparison. www.cyclepump.com I'm Sam Manicum. Nick Sanders. Terry Borden. Sandy Borden. Jack Borden. Graham Field. Austin Vince. Jason Spafford. Lisa Murray. David Peterson. Rachel. Ed March. Glenn Hickstead. Dr. Gregory W. Fraser. Dave Barr. Michelle Lampier. Tiffany Coates. Herbert Schwartz. Brett Tatt. Zoe Cano. Nathan Millward. Graham Hoskins. Joe Rock. Jeremy Craker. Simon Thomas. Lisa Thomas. Simon Pavey. Grant Johnson. Robert Witt. Seth Simon. Elizabeth Martin. I'm Carol DeBell, and you're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using their unique strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. And that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com The MotoBreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com.
Okay, there may be times when you don't want to know where that road leads, but sometimes we just can't sidestep the need for a map, or at least some representation of the world around us on paper or a screen so we can plan our route or find our way. Now the question is, will that be paper, a GPS, or your smartphone? Okay, so my name is uh, Guido. Um, I'm a developer for iOS, so I make uh, apps for the iPhone. And uh, specifically, I'm now working on motorcycle navigation apps. Guido, welcome to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you. Thank you for having me. You say you're you're a developer. Are you developing like apps in general, or is it you're a developer just for a motorcycle mapping app? Uh, well, actually, I am a regular developer, but now 100% of my time is going to motorcycle navigation apps, and it's actually my first adventure in the in making apps. And well, it's been I, I like it uh, very much so far. So I'm gonna well for now I'm going to stick with it. Where are you located right now? Uh, right now I'm in uh, Mexico City, um, but I'm originally from Amsterdam in the Netherlands. Um, yeah, so I'm based in Mexico City now, which is good because a lot of my market uh, is in uh, is in the U.S., which is in the same time zone. So ah, right, okay. Nice. So even yeah. the same time zone can help. That is true. But so, yeah. so what's Mexico City like from Amsterdam? Uh, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's a little bit uh, comparable actually so in, in Amsterdam you go crazy well the, the tourists go crazy because there are so much bicycles on the road uh, and here it's almost the same but it's all cars and the little motorcycles right. uh, so traffic is, is crazy and especially if you're not used to it I had to well it took me half a year to get used to it to drive here I was just about to ask a stupid question I was going to say how do you find your way around yeah, navigation apps. <laughs> exactly. no, seriously, you, even the locals they use the, most. Uh, most they use Waze because Waze is very active here. Have a, has a very active community, and helps a lot with finding your way around where the traffic jams are. Waze is so, an app. Yeah, it's an app, uh, and uh, yeah, so a lot of locals use it as well. Uh, even if they know the way, it tells you where the traffic is and leads you around it. Uh, so yeah, you can get to where you need to be faster. Well, as you said, you're a developer. You have uh, motomappers.com when you develop an app called Scenic, which is a, a motorcycle-specific app. Uh, I think you said you have somewhere around 50,000 users and uh, registered users and uh, somewhere over 2 million miles navigated with your app. So you're you're clearly into the industry. You're doing it full-time, as you said. And But what you'd said to us when, when you'd contact us was that you feel that the, the motorcycle GPS industry is on the verge of a big change. And you, you sort of referred to the old-school devices will be the the Walkman of the future, which is, I thought, kind of a neat joke for, for people nowadays because I remember when the Walkman came out. And, and the reason you're saying that is because you're saying apps are taking over. Now, clearly, you're somewhat biased because you are an app developer. But but just give me a little bit more of a rundown in your thought process with this. Yeah, so, so first of all, definitely, I'm biased. Huh? So there's no, I cannot, uh, I'm not totally objective in this. But uh, but even if you look around you and you see what, what, uh, what, uh, yeah, what normal people have attached to their bikes. Like uh, now, it's like 50-50. It's either, well, either they have nothing, so they, they, they don't like technology, they just drive around. Uh, this, the second half is, uh, or a second third, I should say, is they have uh, like an, an old-school uh, navigation uh, device, like the Garmin Zumo or the TomTom Rider. And then the other third, uh, they, they work with apps. They have their phone uh, most likely in a case, a waterproof case and they have they use apps and sometimes it's just a regular navigation app sometimes it's a motorcycle specific app app but uh, yeah they use apps um, and that's that's what I see when I when I ride around that's what I hear from my users obviously they are also biased because they already bought my app but sure uh, but it's also uh, yeah what you read on the blogs and, and on, the, on the on the fora out there 
Uh, well, users are fickle too, aren't they? I mean, you know, you say that they bought your app, but I mean, they can quite often people buy apps and they trash it very quickly or something else comes along and they're, they're very quick to, to dump on it. You know, just say, Oh, I'm done with that one. I move on to the next one. So, um, they're probably your harshest critics as well as your supporters. Yeah, uh, maybe yes. And, and I think that's also an, an, an advantage what you say, um, because, Apps are, are not that expensive as you if you buy a full blown like old school navigation system, it'll set you back five hundred dollars easily. And an app is is not that much, so it's much easier to switch for users. If they don't like the app, they switch to another one. So I think that's an advantage that people can switch apps as well. Back in June 2012, Wired Magazine did an article titled Apple, Google Just Killed Portable GPS Devices. And in that article, they went on to explain why with the, I think it was Apple that had just came out with a new mapping system. Oh, I think both of them did and Google did as well with some changes to their apps and their, their mapping systems. And they're, they're saying that Garmin, for instance, watched their stocks drop immediately the next day for a day. I think it was like 10% of a drop. But I mean, that's sort of market hype. That was 2012. This is 2017, and yet those those hardware devices, those those proprietary uh, GPS devices, are still around. Yeah, you're you're right. They are. And um, let's take a step back. Those uh, 2012, you say, and that that was more for for mainstream uh, navigation. Uh, so like yeah, navigation automo- systems. Na- navigation. Exactly. Yeah. And so, so these these systems are still around, um, and to be honest, I'm I'm a little bit surprised about that because why would you would you buy such a system if if your phone can do the same? Huh? And and apparently, users still still some users still value that having that extra device uh, in their car. I think that the, the like the mainstream navigation is is like a couple of years ahead of the motorcycle navigation. Um, so. Uh, and if you if you uh, extrapolate that, then that means that probably the the systems will never go away, uh, like all of them. But you do see, and that's what you also see in the mainstream uh, navigation, is that uh, yeah the market share of the units of the separate units becomes uh, lower. And you also see that by like the Garmin's and the TomToms, they also started investing immediately in apps, and they also have apps in the App Store now. But a lot of time those apps are free, so I'm, I'm not sure what the, as far as the, the market approach is there. Is, uh, like I know Magellan, for instance, it has a, a device, I think they call it the TRX-7, which is made just for vehicles doing off-road stuff, but they, they sell the exact same app, which is really the software that runs on their device uh, on the internet. As a matter of fact, I, I'm sorry, I said sell. I, they give it away. Yeah. But uh, I, I don't know about Magellan, honestly. Uh, I do know like the Garmin apps, the TomTom apps. They they do give it away, but if you want to have like offline maps and and more of the advantages that that the units have, then uh, for instance the offline maps you have to buy as an in-app purchase, and that's uh, well depending on the region. I think the U.S. would probably be like fifty dollars. I, I don't know exactly what it is now. Um, so they say they they do charge for for the for the offline maps and for some yeah some premium features, let's say. Well, in, a, in another article in uh, 2015, the New York Times sort of took the opposite approach and, and, and they had a, an article called What Standalone GPS Devices Do That Smartphones Can't. And they sort of went on with the, the other approach saying that there's a real advantage and, and consumers find it. As a matter of fact, in that same article, the director of product marketing for Magellan, Bill Strand, said they question, they, they ask themselves that question all the time. Why would a customer buy a separate GPS unit? Um, obviously, they ask that question. I think it would be a natural one. I'd be scratching my head with every morning when I went to work. But but what, what are the advantages that you see of a separate device? Are there any? Yes, definitely. Uh, and it's, well, I, let, let me focus on motorcycle navigation units. Uh, I think the biggest advantage that they have is that uh, you can use them with your gloves, with your motorcycle gloves. Um, uh, an iPhone doesn't work with normal, regular motorcycle gloves or, or normal gloves. You need to uh, either have special gloves or adapt your gloves to be able to uh, touch the screen. So you can operate them with gloves. I think another advantage is that these units have offline maps installed on them. 
So even if you are traveling through regions that don't have a good internet connectivity, that's not a problem for them. Um, honestly, from my perspective, I think that's it. But so, so really, those are the, those two advantages aren't that much, in your mind. Yeah. So, it's, I think I think the gloves is a is a fairly big one. I think the offline maps is is a big one too. But there are also apps that have offline maps, so that okay. sort of makes that a non-issue. Right. So, but the so gloves is a big one. I, I get user feedback on it. Let me put it like that. Okay, so as far as apps now, what do you see are the pros for the apps over your proprietary GPS device? Well, I, I think apps in general, they have the advantage that they are more um, more flexible. So uh, even if one app doesn't do what you want, there is always another app that, that does that. So you can combine apps as, uh, as, you, as you like to get the functionality that you really want. So, so that's one. Uh, I think uh, internet connectivity is a big one, uh, especially for for motorcycle navigation apps. Uh, well, you, you so most people uh, buy my app, but also other apps because they want to uh, find or create nice routes to ride. Uh, yeah, you don't want to be taken from A to B uh, uh, over the fastest route. You want to have the nice curves. And there are lots like thousands, millions of routes out there on the internet to find. But in order to get them to a GPS unit, you, you often need a computer. Uh, but for apps, that's not true. So you just find one on a, on a site you like and just import it into an app and start navigating. So I think that's that's one big advantage. Yeah, another big advantage is the price because you don't need to buy a unit uh, of, of $500. Okay, there are cheapos there, are cheaper ones as well, but like an app is only like $50 max, and, and then you're done. And so it, it becomes interesting even for for people who don't want to use a navigation all the time, but just uh, on, on certain occasions. Then $50 might be enough, uh, might be sufficient. The thing is, if you buy a Zumo or something like that at the Garmin Zumo, it comes in the, the waterproof, shockproof case. It comes with the mounts. It comes with the, the wires to be able to, to wire it in. I wonder, is, is that what attracts people to that unit or, or something like that, any one of those units? Uh, I, I think, yes, that, that's, a, that's an advantage of the units. Because uh, if you really want to use your phone as dedicated GPS, you do need a waterproof case and you do need a mount. But even that uh, doesn't bring you to the five hundred dollars. So you you can you can get a decent waterproof case and a mount for about one hundred and fifty dollars. I think what attracts people to the regular, uh, the the old-fashioned units, let's say, is that one it it's it's still uh, it it still has the name in the market. They still see their friends riding around with it, uh, and they don't necessarily know about all the apps that are out there. Uh, so I, I think that's a big one. Um, yeah, and that's something that I, but also I, I guess my competitors are struggling with to 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 find, um, yeah, to, to get it known to the public that these apps are there and they can do the same and, and more even than, than the units. I know, I see this all the time where people talk about this and, and they're asking, you know, about GPS. And as soon as you mention phone, the first thing they say is, well, you know, you're not always within cell service, but you don't need cell service for a GPS to work in a phone. I mean, let's look at that for a second. Let's talk about what can the smartphone do that the traditional GPS can't? What, what are some of the other things that as an app developer that you consider, things that, that you can use, the systems in there that you can use? Yeah, that's a good one, actually. So so first of all, there's the, there's the constant internet connection that you have with the, uh, with, with the apps. I already mentioned that. I think secondly, you can, I already mentioned that as well, so you can combine apps as, as, as you want uh, to get the functionality you want. And uh, thirdly is that, yes, the, the phone has, has a faster processor, is from performance, especially the newer phones. From a performance perspective, they are equal to or well, mostly now better than the units. Um, and they have a lot of uh, sensors in there, so they don't only have a GPS receiver, but they have a motion detection, so you can measure like lean angle, uh, so how f- uh, a lean angle, uh, the, the curviness. Um, you can basically your acceleration, your elevation, um, 
I think you, so you can do a lot of things with all the sensors that are available in that phone. And, and these units don't have all those sensors anyway. So I think that's also a big advantage. What about as far as um, putting in waypoints, figuring out routes, uh, sharing and storing? Again, are there any advantages that you can think of that the, the regular old style or what you would call old style, G- style GPS has over an app? Yes, well, it basically comes down to the internet connection and, and the software that you use. Because, uh, for example, in, in my app, uh, people can create routes by, by dropping waypoints. You can import them from from all sources you can think of, even like a Google Maps URL. Um, uh, and then you have the, 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 the choice if you want to make that public or not and share it with other uh, scenic users. Um, that's something that a, a, a unit can never do. So, uh, like for instance, Garmin has a software package uh, with it that you run on your computer. And with that, it's more or less possible to do what I just said, but you need that program and you need your computer. Now, if you're traveling, if you're on a, on a road trip, uh, well, not a lot of people have room to take a laptop with them. And even if they had room, would you want to do that? And if you're just using an app on your phone that can do all that, you don't even need to do that. You don't even need to take your 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 laptop. So, from a social aspect, it's it's uh, it's it's more or less you can build a whole social system around an app as well, and that's something that the units will never be able to do. And when it comes to smartphones, you're replacing your smartphone. A lot of people are every couple of years. I tend to keep mine a lot longer than that, but uh, a lot of people are replacing them on a regular basis, and that means you've got a brand new processor. You've basically got a brand new GPS there. Exactly. The only things in my mind that can be a disadvantage is that when you're using the app on your phone, for instance, if, let's say if you used it in a vehicle instead of on a motorcycle or, or on a motorcycle, if you had it hooked into your, your headset, you, maybe you've got a, a headset in your helmet and you're listening to the, the app navigate you through. Uh, when a phone call comes in, um, that tends to interrupt it. You can't listen to music at the same time, those type of things. I think the multitasking thing is a bit of a problem. Well, uh, yes. If you, you look at it that way, yes, it's a, it's a problem. Uh, I think is more of a feature actually because do you want to have uh, voice navigation instructions coming through when you're having a phone call? Um, I don't know. I, I think in that case I would prefer to yeah to have my phone call and, and look on the screen for the for the instructions because that's possible. So there are a little maybe a bit more uh, disadvantages. Well, what people think are disadvantages of using the phone. So it's not only the the glove control. The charging is a, is a big one that people I, I get a lot of questions about because the devices they have like a mount where you just click it in and it starts charging. Yeah, for your phone that doesn't exist, so you you do need to manually plug in the cable, and you do need to have a charging solution. So you uh, like a cigarette lighter connector or something. Sunlight I get a lot of questions about. I don't think within with the modern devices that's a uh, that's a problem anymore because the brightness of the modern devices is is enough to see it in the sunlight. Uh, especially if you position your device so that it well doesn't reflect the sunlight in your eyes, then it's fine. So I th- I think all these things are uh, things that people uh, consider to be disadvantages. But if you think about it, this also what the units you you for a unit you also need to consider a charging solution. You also need to consider how you position it to not reflect the sun. There are so many waterproof solutions out there that you can get. And I think as we move forward, you're seeing more phones now, and I think it's been long overdue, coming that are, are water resistant or some are even waterproof. So in the future, exactly. that may be less of an issue. You may just be able to clip it on and plug it in. And at that point, who cares? Your app called Scenic is designed just for motorcyclists. Tell us about that. Uh yeah, Scenic is a, a specially designed for motorcycle uh, navigation. Um, you can navigate routes with it. You can uh, plan your routes with it, and you can track your riding adventures with it. So what that means is you can uh, create a route. You can drop up to 200 via points along a route you want to ride. It has a, a curvy routing feature, so you can say, I want to go from here to there but not from the fastest or the shortest, but uh, find me the, the most curvy routes. 
Uh, you can also import routes from all sources you can find over the internet. Then when you've planned your routes, you can navigate them. And then the navigation screen is especially designed for use on a motorcycle, which means like bigger fonts, uh, because you need to be able to quickly glance at what's ahead. And on a motorcycle, that's even more important than, than it is in the car, because you're very vulnerable on a motorcycle. Um, so the, the fonts are bigger, the arrows are bigger. Uh, the, the route, uh, as it is displayed on the on the map, is, is bigger. And like I said, you can navigate routes of up to 200 via points. There is no single app out there that can do that. Uh, so, so that's the navigation. And the, the, the last part is the tracking. So as a motorcycle riders, uh, we, we have a lot of adventures and road trips. And some people would like to record that. And, and now with, with Scenic, you can. So it record once you start a navigation or start a trip without navigation, it records your position along the way. You can take pictures, and it'll add those pictures with little markers where you see where you, where you took that picture or, uh, along the route, and it records your speed along the way as well. So you sort of create like, uh, let's say, a logbook of all your trips that you did in the past, and you can show it off to your friends or just for yourself. So that's the, the third and last part of what Scenic can do. Now, you can also search for an address as well, just like a standard GPS on this, and it'll give you the route automatically. Sure, yeah, yeah. Well, honestly, probably the, like, if you go, if you only want to do A to B navigation, you're probably better off with a, with a, with a mainstream app uh, because not, that's not the focus of Scenic. Scenic is, you can, you, you can go from A to B and it, it can even find curvy roads, but the main purpose of Scenic, why I built it, is to, navigate those routes that many thousands of people have shared over the internet. Hmm, okay, that's um, interesting. That, that, that's really interesting. Now, you said, you know, they're pro- if they're looking just for navigation alone, they probably best go with the mainstream map. That's the, one of the great things about this. As you mentioned earlier, you can run multiple apps because you can run your Google Maps or your Apple Maps or whatever one you choose for your normal navigation, your vehicle. And then you can have one like yours, for instance, or uh, there's, there's others out there as well that are specifically made for motorcycles. And as you said, some of the, the big things is, you know, the fonts. I mean, uh, clearly this has been designed with a, a motorcyclist in mind specifically. Yeah. One of the other things I noticed with your app, and I only tried it for a short time, but I noticed right away with it, was the fact that you had adjustments on there that drive me nuts on a proprietary um, GPS for a motorcycle that are, are non-adjustable. Like I said, the, the interface on a, on a GPS that you buy for a motorcycle from any one of the manufacturers tends to be clunky. It looks like it's made... 15 years ago and never been updated. It just doesn't have that sweet look like an, an app does um, that you get from the app store, like yours, for instance, I'm looking at right now. But also things like simple things, like for instance, on the Zumo, um, when you have your speed indicator on there, it'll tell you for speeding. It's a very handy feature um, as you're going through areas because it, it can stop you from getting a speeding ticket, especially when you're not familiar with the changes. The downside is that I can't adjust it. I need to be able, I, if I stay at the speed limit in a lot of places, I'm going to get run over. So basically what I'm doing is I'm riding with the alarm on all the time, which is a, a red light around the, the speed. Well, that tells me nothing then. Whereas you have a setting in here where I can just adjust it and say, well, I don't want to get the alarm until I'm 10 over or 15 over or whatever. I can choose it on a sliding scale. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, and actually this was a suggestion of users I got. Uh, in the beginning, I had it uh, like, like, like the garments, but uh, I get a lot of user feedback every day. And like if I, if I get feedback a lot of times, I know, so, hey, this is something I need to implement. This is what my users want. So I'm constantly also improving uh, the app as well. And so this is a good example of that. I, uh, I, I implemented that after uh, quite some users uh, yeah, suggested this. You mentioned one of the pros of having a GPS, like what I would call a proprietary GPS, was that they had offline maps. But your system, you can do the same thing. You can just download offline maps. Yeah. So that that was one, when I started all this, that, that was one of my biggest requirements. Because Scenic, the maps that Scenic uses are from a third party. So I, I didn't create them myself. Um, um, one of my biggest requirements was that I need to be able to have offline maps as well. Because as an as adventure motorcycle rider, you often go, especially in Europe, 
uh, you go to other countries where yeah, roaming costs, well, now, now it's changing, but it used to be roaming costs are through the roof. So you don't want, you don't want to have a, uh, an internet connection when, when you're driving through Germany when you have a Dutch SIM card, let's say. In the U.S., that's less of a problem, but in the U.S., uh, it's more of a problem, again, that there are a lot of big areas without cell connection. So you, you also need the offline maps. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, think it's a very, yeah, I, I think it's a very important feature for, especially for motorcycle navigation, because we tend to go where cars don't go. And again, but so the listener understands this, the phone does not need a cellular connection to use offline maps and a GPS. Exactly, because your phone not only has a, like a cell connection that is used for the internet, but it also has a GPS receiver, and that's totally separate from each other. And that GPS receiver connects to satellites uh, in the sky, and you don't need an internet connection for that. And that works almost everywhere, except if you're like between tall buildings or something. Yeah, and then and then and no GPS will work at that point. I mean, if you you know exactly, if you can't yeah. get the GPS signals, and, and I mean that again is is a um, a huge advantage of this is that using both systems, it can also use cell towers for triangulation. So there may be times where you'd lose a GPS signal and you have a cell signal, and it will the phone will triangulate and and get a position from you, for you from that. Yeah, yeah. I, I used to have uh, like many years ago. I used to have Garmin Zumo. And sometimes it took it like two or three minutes, even more, to find a GPS lock, especially when you started up the device. Mm-hmm. And with phones, that's that's no longer true because they have you know, what they call the assisted uh, GPS. So they not only use the GPS receiver, but like you say, they also use the, the, the cell tower triangulation. They even use, if you're connected to a Wi-Fi, they know where that Wi-Fi signal originates from. And they can use that as well to find an approximate location and thus lock to the satellites, the GPS satellites, sooner. So that's also, yeah, now that you mentioned it, a big advantage of using your phone instead of a dedicated unit. And this is something I've been toying with for a lot of years. I have been using GPS since they first became popular. I started using them in, in Search and Rescue, the handheld ones, and I still have them now. But more and more, I'm finding myself sort of scratching my head and wondering, why would I bother to buy one right now? Why would I bother to put out that money when I can just get an app, a lot of them for free, maybe 50 bucks, um, that are just incredibly powerful that I can put on my phone. And once I bought it, quite often I can just switch to a new phone and I still have it. I still have the app. So, I mean, it's a it's a difficult argument, um, I think, for for somebody to argue against and say that, that you know, that, um, it, that it isn't a viable option to go with an app. Yeah, you're totally right. And I I think it's more about visibility of the navigation apps. People just don't know. It's out there and don't know what it what the apps can do. Well, the only other thing we didn't touch on was the fact that the connectivity, the Bluetooth connectivity. Now GPSs are set up so that you can connect them to your headset. Like I said, if you're riding along and you are you want to listen to the uh, turn-by-turn directions from your proprietary GPS, that's all set up to hook up. But the cell phone has all that and more as well. So yeah. again, another spot where there is no advantage. Yeah. And it's even a bigger advantage for your phones because, you know, if you want to listen to music, that's also on your phone. You don't need to connect your phone to your GPS unit and then through your GPS unit stream that music through your headset because the music is on your phone, the navigation is on your phone, the phone calls come in to your phone. So you basically, if you have a unit a GPS unit. That's that's a big break uh, between yeah between your headset and your phone. So why would you use that if your phone can do the same? Now your app called Scenic that we we talked a little bit about. What's the deal with that? It's free to download. How do you make money from that? So it's free to download. Um, it works with credits, so you can that you can use for pay as you go, but you can also get a subscription or a one time payment. So the, the credits you can use to download offline maps. Uh, you get 25 credits for free, which is enough for, I think, like four or five big U.S. Uh, states. So you already get that for free off the bat. And then the premium features are voice guidance and also importing routes from other sources is a premium feature. Um, premium subscription is, is 11 bucks per year or a $50 one-time payment you still need the credits to download the offline maps, even if you are premium. So 
get some questions about that. So I wanted to make that perfectly clear. And do the, the credits obviously cost money? Yeah. So you can buy credits in bulk. I think you can buy, you get 50 credits for $20. And Once you have downloaded the offline maps and, and you've used your credits for them, is that it? Are they yours now or do you have to pay every time you download them? No, they are yours. So you and you get updates twice a year on the, on the offline maps. Uh, you can download it on all the devices that you use Scenic on. And if you get a new phone, you can transfer them to that phone. So they are yours forever. Guido, thank you very much. Keep working on the app. I think you're doing a great job with it. Thank you for having me. And that was Guido Van Eisden, who is the developer of a motorcycle navigation and social media app called Scenic. And of course, the link to that will be in our show notes. When it comes to GPS units, the name Garmin comes to mind because they're one of the top producers of dedicated GPS devices. So when we talk about using smartphone apps instead of buying a dedicated GPS, it's Garmin that we thought we should include in this piece to get their take on where the GPS market is headed for us motorcyclists and just why we should still be looking at dedicated units as viable choices for our motorcycles. From Garmin International, I spoke with Cesar Palacios. Cesar, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Thanks. Thanks for having me here. Well, we're, we're talking about GPS apps and how, you know, some people are preferring to go with GPS apps instead of a, a standalone GPS. And really what I wanted to get you for was just sort of quickly to give us sort of Garmin's perspective, I guess, as far as where do you guys see, where does Garmin see the dedicated GPS unit going in the future? Sure. So what, what we try to do, you know, we're obviously aware of, of apps and and all these different technologies that are that are coming up, uh, but what we try to do is we try to focus on promoting safer driving for our customers and for our drivers. Uh, so if for some reason people are using apps, sometimes you won't be able to get some of the benefits that you would from our, our standalone GPS units. Uh, you don't have to shuffle with the phone and, and receive calls while you're you know while you're trying to find an address. Uh, instead, you just have one dedicated unit that can just focus on that, and you can basically do other, you know, other things with with, with your phone, and, and and so that's what we're trying to basically focus on uh, with our GPS devices. Uh, so that that's one of the things: the driver awareness features um, that are going to keep riders, uh, folk hopefully. Uh, promote safer driving and keep them focused on the road. Um, some of the things we always look at is, you know, for the future of it, we always have a, uh, we do have a loyal customer base that still relies on, on GPS navigation. So, so we try to promote that. Um, we always talk about, you know, sometimes battery life on these phones uh, compared to having just one standalone unit that can, that can provide all that information. Uh, with a standalone unit, you can, choose what we call adventurous route settings. So, so you'll have preferred curves, preferred hills, avoid, you know, major highways. So you, you have ways of customizing the device to give you the best possible route. Um, we're also trying to add even, uh, you know, smart smartphones with them because we're able to pair our devices uh, with them with through our smartphone, what we call our smartphone link app uh, that will allow you to have uh, – Live track, for example, which is kind of like a nifty feature that lets you, lets you track your whereabouts whenever you're on the road, so uh, people at home can see where you are. So we also have live weather radars, traffic information through that smartphone link app. So we try to merge those two technologies together. Some of the criticism that, that we hear about a, a proprietary GPS or a dedicated GPS is the processor speeds and the, how the processor speeds tend to be much slower than what you would find in a smartphone. And then, of course, the, there's the other thing with the smartphone is once you replace it each year, you're getting sort of the latest processor. Right. Uh, well, we always, when it comes to that, we're always having uh, updates to our, our mapping specifically, and uh, we're always open to software updates for that reason. We do have a dedicated uh, software called what we call Garmin Express, where if for some reason there's a bug or there are issues with the units, customers are, are more, than, more than welcome to obviously have 
either the maps updated because sometimes it, you know we do offer lifetime maps with the units and software updates as well to work on any sort of issues that are that are happening with with devices in that case. When you're searching for an address, for instance, on a Garmin unit, it tends to take a fair while for the, for it to go through, depending on what you're searching for, to, to pull up the address. Whereas on the smartphone, it seems to be very, very quickly. Is that because the smartphone is using internet technology? I mean, is, that's what, is that what is making it faster? Because I think that's where some of the complaints come from, uh, where um, we're looking at a, a, a dedicated GPS and we're thinking that it's much slower. But is it slower or is it just the fact that it doesn't have access to all these other processors? Well, uh, I think it's more of a, because obviously the maps are preloaded on the device itself, computing all the different, especially for, for uh, one of our Zuma units, our, more, our, our rider units, for motorcyclists, it's trying to take into account different, you know, it's specializing in those, you know, curvy roads, where places where motorcyclists would obviously take the units. So it's taking into account all these things when it's trying to calculate a route or redirecting a specific route in, in, in those instances. So if someone was going to buy a GPS unit, they're in the market for it, and they're looking at it, what would be the, the top reasons that you would give them to buy a dedicated GPS unit? Well, um, like I said, we have what we call uh, guidance using recognizable landmarks. for So what we call Garmin Real Directions uh, is available on our, on our devices. So it will be able to guide you through landmarks, especially if you're riding to places where you're not really uh, aware of where you are specifically. Uh, we do have lifetime map updates. We do have um, other systems such as tire pressure monitoring systems to you know, protect, protect customers on the road. Uh, so we do have tire pressure monitoring sensors available uh, that are compatible with our devices. Um, they're also compatible with our action cameras as well. So there is a chance for motorcyclists to have not just a standalone device, but you also can have compatibility with our you know, other products. So like I said, just the, like the, the action camera, the tire pressure monitoring system. Um, so you also have what we call uh, the digital fuel gauge, and that's going to come up uh, on your device as well, for, especially for a Zumo 595. So that way it's going to be easy for customers to estimate how many miles they're going to be able to ride before they run out of, out, out of, out of, out of fuel. So uh, we're, we're taking a lot of things into account as well. Uh, you're also getting rider alerts as you're going. So if there's a curve ahead or if there's any, any, anything that, that's going to affect the ride, uh, that's going to be available. You're also going to be able to enjoy music, so you can take your track soundtrack with you. Uh, it's going to let you control music and media from a compatible MP3 player or smartphone as well. Uh, so it's going to show up right on your screen as well. So you're getting all those benefits that you normally can get from a smartphone on the device as well. And you get the, the hands-free uh, Bluetooth technology as well, so you can be talking on the phone while you ride using Bluetooth without having to ever reach for your phone. And I guess two other things that I think are really important that you didn't cover there is one is uh, like, especially when we're talking the Zumo units is that they're waterproof. So they're ready to go just as they are. And they also have power to them. So as soon as you drop that GPS in the cradle, it's powered, it's waterproof. It's sort of like the end of your worries. And I guess one other would be probably the being able to read the screen in most uh, lighting conditions. Yeah, I, thanks for clearing that up because it's it, and it's also part of the adventurous routing that we we offer with the devices. So it, it, the device will let you choose areas, you know, curvy areas that are going to take you away from the highway and give you those those great roads that motorcyclists always crave. Uh, but with this with our Zumo units, we have a very rigorous test uh, suite to ensure that the devices are ready, you know, for for vibration and elements that they're exposed to uh, in the motorcycling setting. So you, even though you may have an app, but that phone may not be ready to take the beating that our Zumo units can, can normally take. Um, so we, we just have displays made to operate in different, like you said, in, in direct sunlight. We have glove-friendly touchscreens, uh, and that's also huge. Uh, so th- those, are, those are one of the main things that we try to focus on, just the, the, they're specifically built for our motorcyclists to be able to have the – uh, the best possible experience. 
And one of the other things that's fairly new for Garmin is the InReach company that you guys have, have acquired or, or merged with somehow. But now you've got a brand new unit out as well. Can you talk about that for a minute? Sure. We have the, it's basically the InReach Explorer. Uh, so what's great about the InReach Explorer is that it's, it's basically a handheld satellite communicator. Uh, so you're getting 100% global Iridium satellite coverage, and it enables two-way text messaging from anywhere. Uh, so that, I mean, that in itself, it's, it's the reason to give anybody some, some peace of mind. Uh, so you'll be able to trigger an interactive SOS to a 24-hour, 7 search. And, and, you know, so that's, that's huge. You have, you know, track and share. You can, you can actually track and share your location with family and friends. That's basically the, I think, the, the greatest benefit. If you're out in the mountains or somewhere, you have that, that peace of mind that you'll be able to communicate uh, with your close ones. Yeah, great system. I mean, we used the the old version of it um, before Garmin got involved, but now now that Garmin's involved, you've sort of mixed the the GPS, which they had in the old unit, the original unit, but it wasn't very good. Uh, you couldn't get a map in the background, at least we couldn't on ours anyway, and so it was just a track on the screen. But what's what's uh, different about it now as far as mapping goes? Well, the the mapping is is you're still going to have uh, their subscriptions as well. Uh, with it, uh, so we're obviously working on, on combining those those uh, two together with our, our our mappings and our topo uh, mapping as well. So that's definitely going to be uh, helpful in that case. So you'll have what we call the Delorm topo maps, and it's going to have on-screen GPS routing plus built-in digital co- uh, digital compass and then barometric al- altimeters and accelerometers. Uh, so it's adding that information, those DeLorme topo maps that are going to be extremely helpful. And you can also download the maps as well, so it's going to be, it's going to be great. You can download maps onto it? Like, like just, uh, does it have to be Garmin maps, or can you download uh, you know, the other maps that you can get online? Well, as long as you pair with your, with your mobile device, uh, you can use what we call the EarthMate app, and it's going to be able to access uh, downloadable maps in that case. So you're going to have color, aerial images, uh, so that's going to be uh, extremely helpful as well. Are there any plans, I don't know if you can talk about this, but are there any plans in the future to get that in-reach unit into something like the Zumo? Um, that, uh, unfortunately, I can't talk about that, but that is a great, great... It would, I mean, if you think about logistically what we just spoke about and, and it, you know, combining that with Zumos, I mean, it kind of goes hand in hand, but it is... That, that's as much as I can tell you for now. <laughs> well, Caesar, thank you very much. I appreciate your time. No problem. I'm glad to be here. And that was Caesar Palacios, the media relations associate from Garmin International. We're going to take a one minute break and be right back with Sam Manicom. Stay with us. I've found through experience that larger foot pegs from IMS products will definitely change your ride. Better control while standing, better contact between your foot and your boots. It's really what I consider to be one of the best improvements that I've made to my bike, wider foot pegs. IMS makes a full line of foot pegs for us adventure riders, but the ones I want you to look at today are the ADV1 and ADV2 pegs. These pegs are huge. And you know what? Advanced riders seem to love them. You be the judge. Try them out. Have a look at what they've got. The ADV1 and the ADV2 peg at IMS Products. That's www.imsproducts.com. And of course, anytime you're dealing with them, let them know you heard them here on Adventure Rider Radio so they know it's working for them. www.imsproducts.com. Sam Manicom spent years traveling the world by motorcycle, and as a result of that trip, Sam wrote four well-known and loved books about his travels. Today, Sam continues to contribute to magazines, do presentations. He's a frequent guest on this show, as well as a regular co-host on our ARR Raw show. What does Sam have to do with this episode, you're wondering? Well, Sam is a lover of maps. Sam, welcome back to Adventure Rider Radio. Thank you very much, Tim. It's good to be with you. 
always fun to have you on. Talking about maps and GPSs immediately brought to mind conversations we've had in the past where you've said you prefer maps over GPSs. And are maps dead? Do you think maps are dead or, or do you prefer maps? And I know what you're going to say here and why. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I think that there is a, um, a risk that maps are dying. And I'm really sad about that for many, many reasons. And a GPS is an absolute super thing. You can get lost and have no worries. You can find places in a hurry. And of course, when you're traveling in more extreme places, um, like the Sahara or the Gobi, then you're safer. Um, and I have an app on my phone which works really well. You know, when I'm using, um, when I'm on these trips in the States and I have deadlines, um, I hate to let people down by being late. So I use it. But as soon as I don't have a deadline, that's it. It gets turned off and I use my maps. Um, I, I really, really like maps, in part because they give the full picture. What do you mean the full picture? Um, a good map is even going to give you the contours of the land. So as you're, as you're sitting there looking at your map and you've got the world spread out in front of you, you can sh- see the shapes of the land. Most apps don't give you that possibility. Um, and I don't know about other people, but for me, whenever I'm using my app or um, I'm using my GPS, it's almost as if I've stuck um, some blinkers or blinders on either side of my face and I start ignoring what's off to the sides. And I find that with using a map, um, those just aren't there because when I'm getting ready to travel the next section of the journey, um, because I'm using a map, I'm taking on board everything that's there in front of me. So yes, of course, I'm looking for a way to get um, from A to B. But as I'm looking for the most interesting route, then it's all of the things off to the sides of what's potentially the most logical route that help me to plan um, my journey. And sometimes it's the place names. And sometimes it's a case of, well, why on earth was this place called that? And how did a bay get to be called Coffee Bay? And who was Byron of Byron Bay and, and those sorts of things. And by using a map, um, it encourages me to research where I'm traveling in advance. I mean, of course, that's one of the beauties of another app, Google. Um, okay, so why was Byron Bay called Byron Bay? Well, let's go and take a look. Is it worth going to have a look at that? And it's only popped up because I've seen it on my map. Um, for me, I guess it's a case of uh, maps open up opportunities and they stop you missing opportunities and therefore riding past something without even knowing it was there at all. Um, I guess because of that, it, maps give me a sense of belonging that when I'm using my app or my GPS, I just don't get. I don't get that connection to the land. But, you know, it's, it's also another thing. And maybe I'm a little bit old fashioned about this, but I think maps are works of art and I kind of like looking at them. Um, I have maps hanging up on my walls because they're a joy to look at because of that work of art nature to them. Well, they certainly inspire you, don't they? Because you can look at a map and you sort of, as you said earlier, you've got a sort of an overall view or an overhead view of an entire area and you can see your possibilities. And with the GPS, it's really easy to route it and then just follow the route. As you said, like blinders, I often say it's like looking at the world through a straw. You, yes. you, you get so focused on, uh, well, really just your next turn is what you're doing. Even, I'll tell you one thing I've done. I've followed tracks before on my GPS, you know, for a certain route that's taken me off into all different places. And I really don't know where I'm going. I'm literally <laughs> following a line on a screen. You become very, very disconnected to the environment, or you can do. And I think that apps and GPS and maps all should be working together. And I would mourn the loss of maps because maps allow us to be sensitized to the environment that we're traveling through. Um, they allow us to get hands on with it. And yeah, I think that when we're traveling, all of our senses ought to be firing on all cylinders. Too much electronics allow us to be desensitized. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I'm glad you said using them together, because I think that's really important. That's my, you know, chosen use of for GPS and map is to have the two of them together and sort mm-hmm. of re- referencing from one to the other. The GPS is great to pull you right in and be able to say, okay, this is exactly where I am. And then from there, once you start to get creative, I find it's it's better off to look at the map. But I'll tell you, though, and, and I'm curious where you're finding them, we're finding it more and more difficult to find paper maps when you go into a, a new area. I can remember 
wasn't that long ago, Elizabeth and I going from gas station to gas station to try and find a map of the area. Uh, we do see them every now and then, but they seem more difficult to find. Yeah, I, I hunt out my maps online before I set off on a journey. Because you're right, you used to be able to go into gas stations or um, bookstores and that sort of thing. And yeah, they're much, much harder to get hold of. So what are you doing? You're going with a whole pannier full of maps? No. Um, I mean, there are some places where I know that it's going to be relatively easy to find my way around. So I'll go to tourist information places. They're often good sources for local maps, particularly in the States and Canada. Um, but if I'm going to go into more rugged areas, then, yeah, I, I buy maps in advance and I take those with me. One of the key reasons for, for that, for the more rugged areas with maps is, hey, you know, electronics go wrong. And then what happens? You're in the middle of nowhere. You've been happily following the instructions that your, your app or your GPS have given you. And then, boom, it, it dumps on you. What are you going to do? You need mm -hmm. that map. I can re I'll tell you a story that's um, that sort of counters that as I can remember being out. I mean, it was raining really, really hard and I, I missed a turn. I, I wasn't quite sure where I was going. Anyway, I, I pull over underneath the bridge. So out of the rain and I open up my map and I'm looking at it. And as, I, as I'm sitting there looking at it, trying to figure out my route, I realize that something looks odd about it. And then all of a sudden it just seems to collapse into my hand and run right through my fingers. It literally <laughs> fell apart <laughs> from the moisture and some of it stuck to the top of my pen. It was there for, for months and months afterwards because when the sun came out, it dried on there. But it well, just disintegrated. It was gone. I have a tip for this. Do you know the clear sticky back plastic that you can get from craft shops and, and the like? Oh, yeah. I cut my maps up and I coat them with that stuff. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, that's it a really good It adds a little bit idea. of weight, but um, it just means that multiple opening and closing isn't going to be a rip problem. And moisture, either because it's raining or because you're traveling somewhere where it's really humid, because that can cause problems too, um, then it just doesn't become a problem. Yeah, of course, you're adding a little bit of weight, but not that much, not for the, the joy and the opportunities that they give you. But, you know, I'm, I'm probably down, downing GPS and um, apps a little bit too much because, of course, there is the advantage of those that they do allow you to just say, oh, I'll go that way. When you come to a junction, I'll go that way with no planning whatsoever and just see where the world takes you. And then you get to the stage where you think, all right, it's two o'clock. Maybe I ought to be thinking about getting back to my route and your GPS or app will take you there. Yeah, again, going back to what you said earlier was using the two together, I, I think is is really an ideal situation. But what sort yep. of maps are you buying? You, you said you get all your maps in advance when you're going on a, on a trip. What what are you after? Just a, an average road map? Or? I try and get something with pretty good detail uh, because I want to ride the small roads. In Africa and across Europe, I use Michelin maps. Um, the detail they give is absolutely phenomenal. And the uh, with Michelin maps, they mark uh, the incredibly beautiful roads with green shading um, and I'll quite often um, change my route or add on 50 miles just purely and simply because there's a green shaded route somewhere close to where I'm aiming to go um, so that I can ride that section of road and they're always right. Um, there are maps for the states that do the same sorts of things. Um, yeah, those sorts of things. The, the Michelin maps, though, you, you're not getting those for the US as well? Is, is that a Europe no. thing? Yeah. Yeah. Now, there's um, a bookshop in the UK. Um, it specializes in travel books and travel maps. It's called Stanford's. And there's a branch of it in London, a branch in Bristol. And they have absolutely phenomenal maps, um, a huge range. Um, and I know they post all over the world. So um, Stanford's, S-T-A-N-F-O-R-D-S for anybody who's looking um, for, for maps. There's um, a company called Nellis Vellag, N-E-L-L-E-S. New word, V E R L A G. Nellis Vellag, which do quite good India and Asia maps, or they used to. I haven't. I'm not up to speed on that. But it was um, a Dutch company. But um, in the United States, I quite often get hold of AAA maps. I've been quite surprised at how good they are at marking um, a very wide range of roads. And of course, they have the advantage of marking a lot of the camping sites too. Now, are you buying those maps? Are you picking them up at a tourist info? 
Well, um, do I admit to this on air? I have friends who um, are members of the AAA and sometimes get them for me. <laughs> well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. They're allowed to do that as, as, as part of their membership. Yeah. But um, well, have you ever done anything like printing maps off online? For city centres, I'll do that. Because, you know, if you want to find a particular area of a city to go and see something, um, then, you know, I'll do a Google search, something like that, and print off a Google map. I find that very useful. Any other tips for dealing with maps while we're riding? Yeah, get a very good waterproof um, map case. As in to sit on your, your tank bag? Yeah, um, most of the ones that you find on tank bags. Well, I haven't come across one that is absolutely waterproof. So we'll get um, an Ortlieb map um, case. You know, they're just plastic but um, and, and see-through on both sides. And we'll fold the map so that um, the two sides that we're most likely to want are the two sides that um, are exposed, if you're with me. Am I explaining that clearly enough? I think if, so. You fold them so that you can get access to the, the two sides that you'll be wanting to see. And that will stuff up inside um, the top of a tank bag um, map cover. Um, so you keep your maps nice and dry with that, but it's easy to flip even in bad weather. Well, this is a, a fundamental thing when it comes to maps that I wanted to ask you about was when you look at a map, when you're riding by maps, which you're doing all the time, obviously, are you memorizing your route? Because uh, like I can't ride and look down at my map at the same time. No, that's, Not at all. That's daft. It's, it's too dangerous. I've seen people trying to do it. And well, it's as bad as um, trying to text while you're driving or riding. Yeah. It's stupid. Um, no, what I do is I'll mark the the towns that I want to aim for, um, or towns and villages, um, on a sheet of paper, um, in you know a, a sharpie or something like that, and have that down the side of the case, so that the main main way that I'm wanting to follow um, are, are listed. And then when I come to junctions, well, if the name of the next place that I'm looking for isn't on the sign, then I'll pull over safely and I'll check my map and and go like that. But Normally, I'm, I'm pretty good at that. Oh, that. That's a good idea. I like that, of writing the names down. Um, but it's probably better for our brains, especially as we get older, to be using the map as well because it's making us think. Whereas, again, with the GPS, you don't have to think. As a matter of fact, if you, you've got a headset on, you can just sit and listen to directions. Oh, absolutely. You can turn off from the world, can't you? And, hey, what's the point in going traveling if you're doing that? Makes very good sense. Thanks very much, Sam. Oh, you're very welcome. It's a great topic. And that, of course, was Sam Manicom. You can find out more about Sam by visiting his website, www.sam-manicom.com. So just some final thoughts before we wrap this thing up. Um, as far as using apps uh, or a dedicated GPS unit, a couple of things that our producer Elizabeth had found researching for this episode. One of them, which she pointed out, I thought, oh yeah, it happens to me all the time. That's the phone's overheat. So one thing you got to keep in mind is that the potential of your phone to overheat in the sunlight when it's sitting on your motorcycle in your tank bag or maybe in a on a bracket um, is really high. I've had it happen countless times, really, where I have to tuck the phone away and let it cool down hasn't been a big deal for me because I haven't been using it as my main navigation device, but that is certainly something to consider. And the other thing is, is route planning. Route planning for the apps on the phone generally has to be on the phone itself, which can be problematic due to the screen size, whereas the dedicated GPS units are generally done with a, a program that's on your computer. So that can be a downside on one thing, or one hand if you look at it, but on the other hand, it can be a real upside because you have your full computer power and your screen and everything there at home. So other things to consider. Max BMW Motorcycles has been outfitting adventure riders since 2002. 45,000 parts and accessories available online and ready to ship to your door at maxbmw.com. And you can sign up for their e-rider newsletter too. It's free. maxbmw.com. That's maxbmw.com. Best Rest Products is home of the Cycle Pump Tire Inflator, Tire Iron Bead Breaker, Easy Air Tire Gauge, and other adventure motorcycle gear. Whether you're on the road or off the road, you're going to want a compact and reliable tire inflation method. The Cycle Pump runs right off your bike's electrical system and will inflate a flat tire in less than three minutes. It's the one we use here at Adventure Rider Radio, made in the USA and comes with a lifetime warranty. And Motorcycle Consumer News Magazine just chose the Cycle Pump as the MCM top pick in their recent compressor comparison. www.cyclepump.com 
Green Chili Adventure Gear offers American-made, heavy-duty, innovative luggage systems for all types of motorcycles. Turn any dry bag into motorcycle luggage using their unique strapping system. And of course, Green Chili Adventure Gear is all tested in extreme weather and terrain to withstand the abuse of adventure riding. And that has gained them a top reputation for tough, reliable gear. www.greenchiliadv.com That's www.greenchiliadv.com The Motobreeze chain oiler is powered by wind pressure that automatically adjusts for speed. No electrical or vacuum connections. It delivers oil to your chain with a felt pad that's mounted on your swing arm, which eliminates the problems of exposed nozzles near your sprockets. Get more miles from your chain and sprockets and forget about the messy spray oil. www.motobreeze.com. That's two eyes in there. www.motobreeze.com. Well, that about wraps up another episode of Adventure Rider Radio, and we sure hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we did making it. Special thanks to our producer, Elizabeth Martin, and to you, the listener. Thank you very much. Remember, you can download all of our episodes for free at our website, www.adventureriderradio.com. There's also show notes there, and often we put in things that haven't been included in the show, so drop by, check out the show notes. My name's Jim Martin. This is Adventure Rider Radio. See you next week. You're listening to Adventure Rider Radio. (laughs) 